Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, a ton to talk about. We burst some bubbles. Yes, more text from that Fox lawsuit were released. And yes, we have to talk about Tucker's Monday show. But also, you all have sent in some really good questions to talk about, and we'll get to some of them. Turns out when we answer questions and Alex actually asks them, you send more. Who would have known, Alex? So where do you want to start? I, th- I think I definitely want to get to some reader questions. And I hope, I, I mean, I really hope we don't make this show about Tucker Carlson every single week, but we really have to talk about his show this week. I think it was Monday or Tuesday night. He took the January 6th footage that only he got, by the way, which we can talk about too if you want. And I think the best way, the nicest way to put it is just he just worked the hell out of it. The reaction was pretty telling. I mean, even like Republican senators were condemning it, which I don't know if that's something or not. But I, I don't know, Joe, I need you to make sense of this. What the hell? Well, it'll be something for a day. I mean, they'll, they'll oh, oh, that's horrible. And then sweep it under the rug. You should let me add to some of the confusion because, of course, this was all done. You know, it's all tourists, gentle people taking pictures, smiling, making some jokes, according to to Tucker. The amazing thing about it, not amazing, but uh, when you juxtapose that with this is the same Tucker Carlson who in texts that have been made now public says he he passionately hates Trump. That's a quote. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's him saying that he passionately hates Trump. Uh, it turns out Tucker and Laura Ingram and Hannity have a group text thread, folks, which, by the way, wouldn't that be hell? <laughs> oh, but we're we're all officially they they quote we're all officially working for an organization that hates us. Ingram wrote in the te- that text thread. I mean, th- these are people who who clearly knew that it was all bullshit, and even hated the guy they were helping bullshit for. <laughs> it turns out, but they can they continually fed the lies that led to January sixth. That I think, you know, obviously the Dominion lawsuit is now exposing quite a bit of what was actually going on at this network that hates these people. Yeah, no, no. It loves the ratings and it loves the money they make. And so do they. Well, I, I think the the other one from that group text, which again would just be the worst group text on the play. Can you just imagine? <laughs> I can't. But I think Ingram was pissed because when they called Arizona for Biden and viewership was going down, people were were jumping to competitors. They were jumping to Newsmax and all the other crazy ones. And she's like, my anger at the news channel is pronounced. And I, I put this one, I wrote this one down because she said my anger at the news channel, which gets to kind of that duality you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the opinion people hate the, the news folks, uh, but there aren't many news folks left. So. 
that's part of what's going on in all this is that the opinion people have believed for quite some time that if they could just get rid of people who wanted to talk about the news and only run crazy conspiracy anger fed retribution messaging that that they would grow to record uh numbers in the audience if they could just get rid of this anybody who just wanted to report what was really happening and so i think that's what's going on here uh but you know that this is just classic tucker in terms of <laughs> i mean he's just literally the biggest bullshitter on television and his lies are just so dangerous uh, that they continue to fuel what I think is going to be a downward spiral because the more purity of the anger, the more purity that the viewership and the, the rank and file MAGA supporters demand, the darker the downward spiral is going to get because you're going to have all these candidates and and the Tuckers and Hannity's world competing to grab the more eyeballs and more energy from a group that is now demanding even more anger, more retribution, more fear of the other. Uh, and so I think you're, you're watching this with, not just with Tucker now, who's been doing this forever, but Nikki Haley, um, uh, you know, some of the other, what, what people thought might be more optimistic candidates are, yeah. are you know, are, are are swirling around the dark doom drain, you know, and uh, I think are going to continue to mimic it and to fuel it. And that's the the danger for the country. Well, you know, the, the last thing we'll say on this, and I, I, I did have a follow up for you, but there, Greg Sargent has a great piece. We'll link it. He's been all over this. Um, I think he interviewed Chris Murphy. We we were so caught up with the last couple of weeks that we, we didn't talk to him about that. But oh, man, that, that was a, a heavy hitter, too. But one of the quote tweets on his latest piece was basically saying the Murdochs are the Sacklers of the news industry. And I just thought, yeah, actually, right? Like, I mean, that's that's where this yeah. is going. Yeah, and I, I, he also called it the right wing's right wing media's long war on truth. Kevin McCarthy, of course, disagreed with his Senate colleagues and said he had no regrets uh, giving that footage to Carlson, by the way, saying it was all about transparency. But as you suggested at the beginning, there's a problem with transparency that only goes to one entity that's been lying about the entire event. They did not, he, you know, McCarthy did not release this to the media writ large. And they, that would have, could have included Newsmax and, you know, OANN, but it should have included CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, the, the networks, and print reporters, uh, investigative reporters uh, should have had access to it as well. Uh, but no, that's not what happened. Even after his Senate colleagues yesterday, or the day before, depending on when you hear this, were denouncing uh, Tucker's usage of the footage and, you know, saying that it was, you know, not reality, uh, you know, and, and taking it on and, right. and, and calling it disinformation, McCarthy still, still has no regrets. And this, this is his transparency. It's total bullshit. Given all this with Fox, and it, it, I'm really curious to your take on this. One of the things that's come out this week is a, a pretty healthy debate on whether Democrats should even go on the channel anymore. There's arguments on both sides of it, but, you know, one hand, people saying it doesn't do any good. And then the other hand, you see how people like Mayor Pete are able to go on and, and kind of take on some of this stuff. Joe, where do you fall on this, especially given your experience? I was, you know, someone who thought 
uh, for the longest time that Democrats needed to speak to that audience and needed to appear on it and make make the case. And I think for a number of years that that may have made sense. I was actually not for, you know, boycotting, you know, in terms of not giving them guests, not having people on the air regularly explaining our our positions. I, I think that time's gone. I don't really believe there's much straight news, if any, on the network anymore. There's still people over there, a, f- a few that I consider straight news people, but they're they're being overrun by the opinions and having to to report on the crazy conspiracy theories that the opinion folks put into the mainstream media. So no, I would not writ large go flood you know flood that zone with people who who will talk and explain our positions. I think there are very few people who can and should do that. John Kirby, for example, from the administration, I think is someone who is agile enough and smart enough to sort of disrupt the the disinformation by just you know, answering the questions um, with facts. I think uh, Mayor Pete has the ability somewhat to do that too. But in the end, no, I would not. I think the worm has finally turned with the facts about Ingram and Hannity and Murdoch uh, and Tucker, uh, among others. They knew, they, they stoked the lie. They're still stoking the lie, as seen by Tucker's uh, use of the footage. There's no reason to give them any credibility. In fact, now I think it's high time to call out the lies so that advertisers and anybody tempted to go on just says, no, it's not worth it. The only way to change that behavior is to hurt them economically. They think they're invincible with the cable deals that they have. But I would not aid in a bet by going on the air and giving any legitimacy that it's a news organization. It's a propaganda organization that has lied to the American people and continues to do it every day. Joe, moving past Fox, I know we said we'd get to some listener questions today. So we had a couple, actually, I think the most we've ever had. And most of them were asking, what does X mean or Y mean for 2024? And one from uh, Candy S says, Joe, you've always been spot on when it comes to predictions. I'm hearing the Democrats are going to lose the Senate in 2024. What's your take? If this is so, what can be done to change it? And then I also want to, before you get into that, and I can maybe challenge the frame a little bit, a lot of questions about what, what Joe Manchin is doing, um, a lot of questions about candidate quality. Um, there was one from Jack in Georgia that said, Joe, I heard you say candidate quality about a million times in 2022. Now that you have some distance from the election, how much do you think it really mattered? And do you think the GOP is going to fall into the same trap again? So I just wanted to kind of take those together, Joe, and, and, and ask you where you think we're going next year. Well, yeah, I mean, the easy part is, yeah, the GOP will do the same thing over and over again. And you're seeing that now with how fast Nikki Haley and others have started to like move into the darks, you know, really the the dark them versus us uh, rhetoric. They're going to continue to do that. And Trump, you know, with I am your retribution. I mean, this is how deeper into the conspiracy crazy that, that they're they're getting. You know, we've seen this now for two or three cycles. That, you know, where the off year of the midterm in 2022, when you're supposed to get creamed, it doesn't happen. There's two reasons. And I've said this from the beginning that, you know, and I've said repeatedly, if they keep doing the crazy and we get the work done and we keep doing the work, we'll always do better than people think and we'll win. Well, they did the crazy in 2022 with Trump in 2020 with the nominees 
And now look who's taking over, like sort of his chief spokesman, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan. Uh, These are now propelled to the leadership positions, head of committees and things. This is becoming clearer and clearer. And what what some of the states are are, are still doing, DeSantis and, and Abbott. So a lot of the seats they lost, they lost because we had good quality candidates and they had crazy folks. You know, even Lauren Boebert. Almost, you know, literally by 500 votes in a, mm-hmm. in a rock red, ruby red district in Colorado, almost went down. That's going to continue because that's who this party is boiled. It's like a pot that's boiling down, and all the broth is evaporating, and the the other stuff is like taking up and burning on the bottom, but getting becoming more of the flavor of the party, and that's the MAGA cult. And they're going to continue to boil it down to just the pure elements. And that's going to mean more crazy bills, more crazy things. But fundamentally, the on the Democratic side in the Senate and other places, I, I still see very disciplined and people know what the stakes are. I think you're not going to see as many big primaries on the Democratic side. There'll be more and more consensus again about who to put up in nominee in important states or Senate seats where this is all going to you know be decided. And I think those two things on their own mean that Democrats will do better than people think uh, in 2024, including, I think, they're, you know, that Biden will be the nominee and be president, be reelected, uh, because people are going to keep turning away from this even uglier, meaner, more authoritarian, darker vision that's going to come out of Trump and, and anybody who challenges him. And and in many of these races. Well, do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, Actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot or the Atacama alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or Go to alientheorists.com. And you see that right now. Um, I think his latest approval rating is I saw at 42%. It's the highest it's been in basically a year. I think early since last June, it's trending up. Anything else under the hood that you're seeing right now in terms of any any little nuggets or numbers that 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 have you leaning more like, yes, yeah, to be another 2020, 2022 year? Biden's numbers are going to continue to improve. We're seeing that, as you point out. And I think all the things that they were able to continue to cook up a new outrage, but I think even even that's getting harder to do. It's got to be more outrageous, more to stoke that anger and that fear. Well, and, and less tethered to reality, right? Like it's a lot different getting getting outraged about a balloon than it is about unemployment or the economy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So I don't see any of this uh, going well for them. And I think, again, the more the Biden administration gets accomplished here, the more, you know, we'll see whether we actually are going to see a recession or not. Of course, this is another one where the press will hype recession coming, recession coming, recession coming in. And then just like the red wave go, well, what recession? Or geez, that was mild. But uh, they'll stoke that up. But in the end, I think it's going to be really clear that the culture war stuff is going to, that particularly DeSantis is, is trying to stoke, is becoming too obvious. And I think they've been pushing a, a lot of people out of the party unwittingly, you know, 
changing to independent or otherwise or still maintaining their registration but but obviously they haven't won the popular vote in some time i think that's just going to accelerate now mm-hmm. and i think i think biden and pro democracy candidates democrats and you know maybe an occasionally sane independent but i don't see the party coming out of this the republican party coming out of this anyway but greatly damaged and i i also think that you know historically it's taken a real wallop at the polls for a party to change course and i think that 2024 it, you know could be that wallop that is delivered by the american people to say no more of this crap no more of the lies and I think that's how it's going to come to an end temporarily. It won't come to an end as long as people like Tucker and DeSantis and Trump keep fueling the hate and the division. So what we've got to do is start to con- to convey to people that there is no us or them, there's us. Ken Burns said this the other day on one of the news channels. He said, that, like, when you see somebody say them, run move away, get away from them, um, and start to convince people that there is no them, there's only us. And I think there are more women out there, more younger people, business-oriented former Republicans who will respond to that as the positive. We still have to remind the world of how bad Tucker, how bad this anger, this what, what this cult is. But we, I think we've got to start talking more about there is no them, there's only us, and join us to strengthen this country and its democracy and uh, join together. And there's plenty of ways to do that. The union and other organizations out there that you know that we've we've been involved in, but uh, and also take on them on in the media. I mean, take on Tucker, and that's why you know we we're now Resolute Square podcast and and hope people will go over to Resolute Square and support us. So uh, there's three numbers. Uh, that I think I'm looking at under the hood that might might be telltale. I think I agree with you, but number one, um, young people are supporting Joe Biden at this moment more than they ever have. It's high, by far yeah. the highest support uh, in kind of some new polls for him for 18 to 34, which is really important as we've talked about on many shows. Uh, number two, uh, you mentioned Ron DeSantis and how you think the the woke war is probably going to fade. Um, a majority of Americans agree with you already. Um, a new Reuters poll shows that 56% of Americans view wokeness as a positive thing, saying that it means being aware of social injustices, which, by the way, gets back to the why young people support the kind of seeing the government standing up for those who need it. Right. And 64% of 18 to 34 see woke positive. So, and then finally, Joe, abortion is not going away, especially with everything with the Walgreens fight. All these things, all these factors that were breaking against Republicans in the 2022 election, including the the abortion rights, the motion among Americans to the pro-democracy thinking on these things has become clearer and clearer. And so that's why I think young people, the younger cohort, 18 to 34, is, and I said this last cycle, that, you know, I saw this in 1980 
with Reagan. I was with Kennedy Carter. There was a massive fight going on ideologically in the Democratic Party at the time. And what you saw happen was young people, a ton of them, became enamored with Ronald Reagan and the optimism on the Republican side with him. And we lost an entire generation. I mean, for, because if you were 12, 13 years old when Reagan took office, whatever age you were, you had eight years of Reagan, four years of George Herbert Walker Bush, 12 years of that party. And growing up in that, a lot of young people became Republicans. A lot of them, by the way, are the Republicans that are now wearing the MAGA hats, right? Hard to fathom. That sea change from going from the optimism of Reagan to the dark conspiratorial hell of MAGA and Q. But you know, my point is that they started to lose this generation. It was becoming clear and clear last cycle in 2022. It was not only clear that they were losing that generation, but that the generation was actually becoming more energized politically, whether it was gun violence, uh, climate change, a total rejection of racism and homophobia. But that generation, I think now, they will cement it away. A lot like what Democrats did in the 80s, it took us well over a decade to just even start to win that younger cohort back. It's one thing to lose uh, you know, an age group, but when you lose this age group, it usually stays that way forever in that age group. In other words, so what will be happening is this massive generation of young people will be become you know, they may be independent, but they'll always lean away from the Republican Party That because look at what the Republican Party is right now, the mega cult. And that's how they will remember this party for a long time, even if they fix it tomorrow. And they're not going to fix this. I don't know how they fix it because Trump will continue to feel this for probably, you know, cycle after cycle. And even if he's not around, DeSantis and others will. So it, it, I, I just think that that's that's part of what's happening here. You're seeing it. We're actually witnessing the first generational realignment, and it's happening because of what MAGA is and how the younger generation does not align with anything that MAGA is about. Right. Well, and this is where I get the plug split ticket, um, who really, really cool analysis from 2022. One of the things, by the way, on a positive was that you saw a ton of new people getting into kind of the election breakdowns and data breakdowns, getting into that space that there's kind of a void right now because everyone is kind of just following the same mainstream thinking and and, and they weren't. Um, they have some really hard data and they, they did a deep dive on the candidate quality and, and our, did MAGA lose so many of these races? And uh, Joe, we're both pretty into baseball. Um, our listeners probably understand the idea of wins above replacement, which is basically how much value over an average does a candidate provide? In this case, a candidate, normally it's a baseball player. They looked at 31 races. In 19 of them, Dems overperformed what you'd consider the average candidate, and only 11 showed Republican overperformance. And in battlegrounds, it was like eight to two. So basically, their model shows that in, an, in a normal year, Republicans should have easily coasted to the Senate. With like 53, 54 seats. This year, or last year rather, candidate quality and especially their effects with young people, bringing it all back, 
was a huge factor. So I just love what they're doing. I'm sure we'll plug their stuff more, but uh, Joe, it's always nice to have uh, the numbers behind your prognostication. Well, I mean, I, I'm, again, some of this is stuff that I think is obvious. And again, maybe it's because I was around in 79 and 80 and you know, saw all this stuff. I often say it's not that I'm smart or it's got a lot more to do that I've seen the movie uh, more than a few times. But I think this generational loss that the Republican Party in its MAGA form is losing right now is going to cost them for many, many, many years. And they they won't realize that. A lot of the way the Democrats, we did not realize it in the 80s. I think we didn't wake up until 92. So I think it's going to take another two or three cycles. The problem with talking about this politically is even if Tucker changes his tune, even if you erase DeSantis and Trump off the scene tomorrow politically. The problem is they have stoked the fear, the anger, the hunger for retribution. And I think we're going to see, unfortunately, I fear it's going to fuel beyond politics. I mean, into potential violence. And these people are all responsible for fueling it. Uh, and of course, at the time when it happens, they'll say, oh, no, no, that wasn't us. We didn't. We were just using our, you know, our free speech. Yeah, well, this stuff is very dangerous the way Tucker, Trump, and particularly the I am your retribution quote. Right. This is, has the potential to reach beyond politics, even if we defeat it politically, it's still going to be here, folks. And we're going to have to work every day to make this about all of us and not there are no us them. So I, I can't let us in there. Uh, gotta gotta end on one more positive note, which happens to be one more listener question. It's it's more of a comment, but this is from John in South Dakota, who's who's sent in a few comments. So thanks, John, and thanks for listening. He says, "Hi guys, I love your show and look forward to it every week." I could just stop there. That's kind of a nice thing to say, but he makes a really good point. I think one of the underreported and under the radar accomplishments of President Biden is his shifting the perception and the narrative of the Democratic Party towards the jobs party, the party of the middle class, and most importantly, the party that builds things. This is the Democratic Party I grew up hearing about and believing in. And he goes on talking about his his grandpa was was postmaster in North Dakota, was an FDR Democrat. His dad was a Lutheran minister from Minnesota who loved Kennedy's call to service. And he says, I think of both of them when I hear President Biden talk about jobs and building things. They both love that as a lifelong Democrat, so do I. And his question is more, don't you think that President Biden is changing the narrative and the perception of the party, and this may be one of his most important and lasting legacies? And thanks from the home of George McGovern. Absolutely. And that's what I meant when I've said, look, a lot of the the problems that we're holding Biden's numbers down, those problems are alleviating. And the bigger thing is that a lot of the accomplishments that he accomplished in the first two years, the infrastructure bill and other things, lowering insulin costs, all those have only now in this year started to happen. Breaking ground on factory, that's going to employ people to build them. So all these things are now just starting to, you know, one thing, two years of passing them and arguing about it, they've been passed and they're going to be implemented in the next, you know, start to implement, create those jobs, build that infrastructure, repair that bridge, invest in taking on climate change and renewables and creating the jobs in those industries. That's all 
going to build from here. And so I agree with what John's saying. And, you know, John's been paying a lot of attention and obviously has his facts down on what Biden's been able to accomplish and talk about. But seeing is believing. And so now I think you're going to see the seeing is believing stage where as these things that Biden put forward and is talking about jobs and building things, the buildings are going up, the roads are happening, the new industries are launching, new hires are going on. This is all going to go into the future with this with, with this investment, this massive investment in the future that Biden and, and in working people that Biden's leading. And I think it's going to become more and more evident as we get closer to 2024 that this is for real and it's really happening. And that's when I think, again, crazy on the other side and yapping about the next outrage that's manufactured and that people are realizing has always been manufactured to create the us-them fear. The more we see these common things happening, I mean, the plants, the jobs, I think the more it's going to pull more people into the there's only us and to stop it with the us them bullshit which is the only thing the the republican party and maga have so that is a much more positive place to end so joe i think we're just about out of time thanks alex thanks everyone for listening to that trippy show reminder this podcast will always be free and is now part of theresolutesquare.com it's a new force in the fight against the right-wing outrage machine uh, that you hear us talk about so often. Uh, so check out the latest at resolutesquare.com slash trippy. Really hope you'll support us there. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question and review on iTunes. And look, we actually got to questions. We sure did. And we actually uh, worked through them. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks again for listening, folks. Spread the word and get others to give us a listen, too. I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.